So I started watching that show Beef. Beef on Netflix. Yeah. A twenty four. It's uh, nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Um, but like, yeah, I I couldn't get through it. I had a hard time. It was like interesting, but like not interesting enough to keep going. Yeah, I, I also started it and didn't continue it. Really? It felt like it was missing some kind of special sauce. Uh, which is funny because it runs ten episodes and they're all long, right? They're like yeah. they're like an hour or so. Uh, like thirty minutes. Oh, they're shorter. Yeah. Well, it's still to be. It felt like an hour. Felt weird. <laughs> it seemed. I don't know what. I think it goes in some different directions, but to go like yeah. ten episodes with that premise, it seems like a bold decision. <laughs> Everyone I know is like raving about it though. Like, yeah. Like a lot of like um like Squid Game. Like I heard like a lot of people. Oh were, really? Like, just like watching this. Like oh, this is so good. And I, I that's had a, cool. I had a really hard time. With it. But I, the other thing is, like, I love all the actors in it. So yeah. it was kind of crazy that I, that I didn't keep watching it. And I still, like, in the back of my mind, think I might return to it someday. But Me too. I, I yeah, it was a, I, I just wanted to shout it out because it's something that exists that a lot of people love. And I personally just had a hard time getting through. Um, anyway, speaking about special sauce, today we're talking about the next Star Wars thing. Uh, that came out that's the animated uh, sequel to the Clone Wars animated series um, with a uh, kooky cast of characters called the Bad Batch and this is season two of the Bad Batch and I think it's really special uh, and worth talking about and Gabe also thinks it's special yeah I, I I'm trying not to be sensationalistic but it was probably my favorite season of Star Wars holistically that I've seen from Disney um, as a full package. Like, I can't, I can't think of... I mean, animated. I can't think of anything else that tops it. In even live action, except for Andor. The way my brain works, Andor is aside. But as far as Star Wars, as Star Wars goes, Bad Batch is some of the best Disney Star Wars I think there is. The only thing that even comes close is, like, a couple of the Visions episodes. Wow. And that's me having not seen Rebels and Clone Wars yet. But like, yeah. as far as the rest of their live action stuff goes, I would just rather watch Bad Batch again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. So spoilers for everybody that's listening, but that's probably where we'll end up in this podcast episode. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is like a <laughs> flash forward. Flash forward. You're going to probably like what's ahead then with, with, if you do end up watching Clone Wars and Rebels, it's yeah. like as good if not better than bad batch in my opinion and then ahsoka is shaping up to be just more rebels which i think is one of the best things in star wars when and way better than bad batch i i'm sure that's true and even from what i know i agree with you but one of the things that i love so much about this season of bad batch i don't think rebels has which is like the politics and the the larger yeah. political yeah philosophical implications of everything yeah like the whole clone war the whole clone wasn't even like side story it was like the main story the whole decommissioning right um paralleling like what veterans go through in america today was amazing mm -hmm. and i think that's a story you don't often see told not even in just like social commentary through genre storytelling but right. overall like you don't see the veteran story because like the veteran in, in the United States is someone who, you know, you could talk about whether or not you agree with like them going into that industry, but, but coming out their country oftentimes just like disregards them 
completely. And and veterans, after they've left the service, are often abandoned by the infrastructure of the United States system in so many ways. And it's really sad to see. So to see that story manifest itself through Star Wars was incredible. And then like all the digging into the deeper lore of of like prequel Star Wars with the, like the stormtroopers coming into play and the little nuance between those generational riffs of different people serving the empire. So cool. Yeah. And, uh, God, I just, the whole time I was thinking, why did, why doesn't Dave Filoni just take over the whole thing? Like kick Kathleen Kennedy and everyone yeah. else to the curb. No, seriously. Let I, Bob or not Bob, uh, let Dave make movies. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what Ahsoka is. Dave's coming in, written, directed by, created by, he's directing it, writing it, and uh, it's his baby. So I, I think, I, I have a lot of high hopes for Ahsoka at this point, but. Yeah. Yeah, Bad Batch. Season two, I mean, not everyone loved it as much as season one, unfortunately. That's crazy to me. I, 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 don't, I, I thought even, it was better. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I don't remember most of season one very well. I remember where it ended. Yeah. Um, but for me, for, from what I do recall, Bad Batch season two seems like just building up yeah. from where it was Yeah, in a lot of great ways. Yeah. God, I just love all that political stuff where like George was touching on in the prequels. Mm-hmm. It seems like Dave has a, has such a strong love for every era of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think when Star Wars is at its best is it's got the fun, fun for the whole family aspect of the original trilogy but it still has the political intrigue of the prequels because mm-hmm. this is such a big galaxy yeah. and we're bringing in stories from, from all corners of it. Yeah. And that's something that Disney has been lacking yeah. so desperately for their entire stint in this yeah. universe. Yeah. It's sad. Cause like, I agree with everything you're saying and I don't think bad batch has been as successful as they would have liked. And so they, I think they announced that the next season, season three, will be the last season, which is like a shame, I think. But yeah, but I'll always give the show credit for ending on a high note, you know. Yeah. So that that that's cool. And if they can really send us off with a bang, I'd prefer that, you know, than just let it drone on. It's crazy to me that you watched all of that today. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I like that you you got through it all and and didn't just skip to the ones i was telling you about i when i i knew i knew i wanted to watch it but uh pretty much from the jump actually it was maybe the third episode where i was fully invested into everything the season was going to bring it's just that it's like i said this is for me pinnacle star wars storytelling it has everything and it is something i think that everybody can enjoy not just age demographic but like people who are coming from you know, outside of Star Wars, inside of Star Wars, um, I really feel like Bad Batch is the best that Star Wars has to offer uh, in the Disney era. And so, when I get when I start watching that, I can't stop. Like I was, I just laid in bed for seven hours watching it, <laughs> and I, I, I just, I, I was so compelled by the whole thing. I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to gush about it because it's like <laughs> you, you watched it all in one day today. Yeah, it's 16 episodes. I had already seen the first one, so that boils down to about seven, seven and a half hours of oh, television. I thought you had to watch, like, a couple. I thought, I didn't know you only watched one. Yeah. And, uh, 
from not just from you what you had told me was upcoming in the later half of the season I was really interested in but I wanted to I wanted to have everything feel earned yeah. when I get like I hate one of the worst things for me is coming into a, a movie or a show mm-hmm. after it's already begun mm-hmm. like I I can't it's it bothers me mm-hmm. uh deeply mm-hmm. so I really wanted to give the show the investment mm-hmm. and it paid off like all the the big beats landed for me towards the season in a profound way that it wouldn't have if I had just jumped to the final arc. So that was cool. And that's why for Ahsoka, I want to go watch all the Rebel stuff and the Clone Wars stuff. And yeah. I just love Star Wars. I mean, despite yeah. my vehement, outspoken stance <laughs> on the, the, the sequel trilogy and the Obi-Wan show and the Boba Fett show, which yeah. is still to this day the worst thing I've ever seen with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe the Halo show. Um, so Star Wars for Disney so is some of the worst things I've ever seen, and it has some of the most incredible stuff I've ever seen. And so I will always put myself out there for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I may get hurt doing it. <laughs> you probably will. But but sometimes I'm not. And, I, yeah. and this was a magical experience for me because I don't really watch a lot of uh, episodic content like you do. Mm. I'm either watching movies or I'm just, you know, mess, messing around on like Twitch or something. But when I when I pour myself into a series like this, I'm like I'm really happy when it pans out. And so I was more than excited to just invest myself in the whole 16 episode run. That's awesome. I'm I'm super glad that you did and that you loved it. I would have been like I felt like I was trying to like pull teeth trying to get you to watch it for a long time, and I was like. And I kept, I kept trying to tell you, like, I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Because there wasn't a lot of people that were, like, affirming my opinion. So I'm glad that you... I'm really sad that... Uh, I mean, I haven't done a lot of... I haven't even looked at the subreddit. Usually I'll check it afterwards. Yeah. Um, but to me, it did feel like the best. And even I looked at uh, IMDb for ratings and Metacritic stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite content, some of the side story episodes were, like, light, they were, like, rated, like high six low seven yeah that for me was like eight or nine level content yeah, yeah. and then obviously the big stuff was like eight or nine yeah. so i was happy that at least that would resonated with the general audience because this is like you know what i feel like what star wars is meant to be or what its highest potential is is when it's away from the main through lines and the huge like powerful current of yeah like the jedi yeah and stuff like that and so you have this rogue group of clones just doing these jobs around mm-hmm. the galaxy or even like the crosshair episodes, incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like, it's a small vignette in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And that is what is this, this, you know, world and universe are capable of telling those stories. All right. Before we get much further, we're going to pause for a quick break to play a song. And that song today is Phoenix just put out a new song this year uh, with Beck. And it's a song, it's just like a a single. It's called Odyssey, and I think it's really good. So here it is. Take my time to find my mind. Don't have time. Go back to zero. Wait for yesterday. Summer days, flowers, wisdom on fire. Welcome to your Fortune on the course across the track 
Thank you for listening to Beck and Phoenix. That song is amazing. All right, so we're talking about Bad Batch. A Bad Batch. The last thing you said was the Crosshair. Yeah, the Crosshair episodes. Yeah. Can you remind me, because you've watched it more recently, What were, was I right? Was episode 11 or 12 the Crosshair one? Or was I wrong about that? Uh, I think 11 was the alien one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 12 was the Crosshair at the outpost. Yes, and but it, was it in that episode or was it in the finale episode? Full on spoilers, by the way, from here on. Yeah, uh, that it like indicated that that Crosshair might have some empathy building again. It was at the end of the Outpost episode. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, that's and then somewhere in the next couple is when he actually calls out on an old channel to the boys. Yes, yes. Because he, because I, the the fucking evil dude said we're looking for Omega. Was that the before or after the tech death? It was before. Mm. Tech death is, I think, the last episode. Or it's like at the end of the second to last episode. Death, in quotes. He's super dead. He's not dead. They passed his goggles off. Oh, I guess he could be imprisoned. No, it's fully, they fully set it up that tech is going to come back. Okay. That'd I be think. cool. I, I like tech. But well, I they, they built a lot of, like, okay, so one of the things about this season that I felt on top of everything that you just said, because I think it's also, I think it's as great as you just said it was. I felt like they fully curbed and sidelined the Hunter story, like oh, uh, yeah. relationship. He with got the Omega. least to do. Yeah. I was like, because because the first season was like Hunter and Omega. Yeah. They really built that up. And this season, it's like everyone else. <laughs> it's like, well, no, yeah. It was like, it's like, where did where did the relationship go with Hunter? Mm-hmm. At all, like at all. It was like non-existent. Yeah, he didn't have anything to do. Um, but it, they really shoehorned tech in there and obviously well, it wasn't shoehorned it, okay well i'm just saying they it, gave him a storyline yes well they i think they could have done it while also giving hunter like they could have had one episode where it like reminded you of hunter and omega's relationship i agree with that but but, but, but like they it wasn't really, just tech though. i think they built up tech specifically to make it more impactful when he dies it, yeah it, it, well they do more. the same thing in the first half with echo he is yeah, Omega's yeah. big connection, yeah. and then he leaves. Yeah. And then it's the tech show, and then he dies. Yeah. And then also Wrecker's just kind of there. <laughs> I, th- I feel like Wrecker almost died a couple times, right? Yeah, but you can't kill Wrecker. Wrecker, Wrecker. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Honestly, I, I was actually fully, I feel like when tech died, I was like, because I was curious, yeah. well, when he allegedly died. Because um, I was curious, getting closer to that final arc, if they were actually going to kill somebody. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I didn't know if the show had it in it to kill a main <laughs> cast member. I don't know if it had it in it. Had it in it. <laughs> had it in it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, text dead, isn't it? We got to go back. Yeah. yeah. So so it did. So that whole thing where like 
they don't find the body, but they find a remnant of the person. Mm-hmm. It's like a classic trope. That's of, true. Of like a death. I was like, oh, he's not dead. And it is Star Wars, so it could be a fake out, but I feel like that would really bum me out because it would well, devalue. It doesn't devalue because it still, it still makes this season two work as a season of like, if this was the Empire Strikes Back movie of, of Bad Batch or whatever, it makes that movie stand alone. You know, so but you already have the other things filling that role, like the crosshair being captured by you know. But it still stands alone as like a work, is what I'm saying. So like, oh sure, yeah. So tech tech's death still is as impactful as it would be because oh yeah, it ends where it ends. But there's always a retrospective consideration. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Which is why I don't I don't want to <laughs> jump into more talk about the sequel trilogy, but yeah, yeah. Um, I for me it would bum me out a little bit, although I would love. I do have an attachment to these characters, and it would be cool to see Tech come back to life. It's so funny to me that you love Bad Batch, but you haven't watched any of Clone Wars or Rebels. It's it's, it's just the matter of the amount of media. No, I know. And also, the way those shows started were so weak. I know. Compared to Bad Batch, no, which you, really hit the ground you're running. You're not wrong. No, you're not. You're not wrong. Um, but it's just it's just like kind of hilarious because I I know what happens. Oh yeah. And I <laughs> I have memories and experiences so. All the stuff that happens in Bad Batch, I'm thinking, oh, that's paying homage to this in Clone Wars or this in Rebels and blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's, it's, you're, you're kind of missing those pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of little things. Uh, I don't even know if that you can call them Easter eggs because they feel bigger. But yeah. when you're watching Bad Batch season two, especially with clones, it's like, oh, here's this guy and we're saving him. Yeah. The, the two I, that really stood out to me was like, there was an episode with Commander Cody, who I know from the film. Yep. So I hope we see him again at some point in in Rebels or something. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll find out. Um, but also another cool throwaway was they show Krennic from Rogue One in the meeting at the summit with Tarkin. Yep. The second that frame opened, our super evil Dr. Hemlock guy strides into the room. I spotted that MF in the corner. <laughs> He's sitting next to Tarkin. And I said to myself out loud, that's Krennic. He's working on the Death Star. <laughs> and I was like, I was so jazzed because that's like, like just it's not like a thing the show relies on but the world feels simultaneously that it stands on its own legs but still interconnected with all these other things that are happening cuz someone mentioned the other day how Star Wars works now is that it's just Disney filling in every gap to make content but it's cool when you make those connections without it like being the crux of the story so now I'm really excited to go through Clone Wars and Rebels and be like, oh my God, that's the clone from Bad Badge. They rescued. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I would highly recommend, as I did, using... I don't want to do an essentials list. I want to see it all. Okay. If that's what you were going to say. That is what I was going to say. I want to see the good and the bad. And the ugly. <laughs> and the ugly. And I know there's a lot of ugly, especially early Clone Wars. There's some really bad stuff. <laughs> like... Like stuff that's like, oh, that was a, in, entirely a filler episode that doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't play into any thing. Yeah. Anyway. That's okay. Yeah. So a couple other shout out episodes. The Crosshair episode was great. The I think the last four episodes, like I was saying, it was kind of one arc where they yeah. find that, that Honestly, it was island. the last three because Pabu, the island, was was like the fourth to last yeah and that was not even it didn't that really was the setup anything. though for the three that came after is what i was saying technically right? but it had nothing was to that do the with... one with the 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 wave or something that like, yeah. wiped out the <laughs> but even that was cool and i i was gonna throw some love real quick uh, using that episode as an example um uh-huh. for like 
technical filmmaking, like approaching this show as like a filmmaking exercise because of, and I don't know if we can just keep saying all this is due to Dave Filoni's greatness. Cause I mean, the animators and the directors, you know, they share a lot of the credit. I sure hope we still feel this way after it. <laughs> but, um, that was a great episode, I think, because of the way they use tension in this show. It's so fascinating to me. They respect the uh, intelligence of the audience a lot. Yeah, I agree. For, there are scenes in this show, and and Pabu, that episode, has a great example of it, where mm-hmm. they're sitting there having a great time at the table right before the the, the sea surge is happening. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it starts to like become quiet, and there's a, the, there's a feeling of this pervasive sense of wrongness that's coming across. And maybe most people didn't pick up on it, but I'm constantly waiting for something bad to happen in situations like this because mm-hmm. that's how I approach real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Hunter's the first. Shocker. Hunter's the first to pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then you start to like the dawning realization of oh, this is something is like about to happen. Uh-huh. And that happens several times throughout the yeah, show. Yeah, and it's really subtle. It's always yeah. subtle, and there will be like a, maybe even it's, just a look between it's not characters like that in the Clone Wars and the Rebels. No, I know, I know. Well, actually. The, the, Maybe there's a couple episodes in Rebels that are like that, but Maybe I, later I, I understand on. what you're talking about. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that's another reason why I think yeah. this show is so good. And even the totally. f- like quote unquote weaker or filler or side story episodes, they played for me like really well. Mm-hmm. Even like the pod racing episode was fun. Like that, that was good. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, like I, when that episode started, I was like, oh no. Yeah. And I was like groaning uh-huh. and then it just kept going and it, it actually made it engaging and intriguing. And I was like, oh this this matters like yes like in it and it's not because it's star wars it's because it's just good content it's like it is good character creation yeah you know and and even it's not true filler because those relationships all those things build up like like blocks towards the end of the show which is unlike the earlier seasons of clone wars yeah the great Um, example of that is sid because she ends up yeah you know and what i thought was a wonderful decision (sighs) yeah to have this kind of turncoat yeah yeah um dynamic with the crew yeah she fucked him <laughs> she fucked him she fucked and everyone him. was telling him she's gonna fuck you yeah and she's like i'm sorry even the bad kingpin dude from that pod racing episode is like she's gonna fuck you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like nah <laughs> um uh okay so what did you think of episode five the one where they found that like big mecha thing wasn't oh my that, god wasn't that rad that was like my favorite thing I'd seen. Yes, I was. That's what I was saying. That episode was like uh, they, they like Indiana Jones woman. Yes, I forget her name. What's Wan- her name? Uh, uh, Fee. Yeah, yeah. Who's played by Wanda Sykes? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, but so- they do that two or three times in the show where they're doing the Indiana Jones in the caverns, and it's always a great payoff. But that episode was so fun because I was like, what could they possibly find here that'll yes. make this episode yes. special? Yeah. And out of the fucking earth yeah. <laughs> comes this giant like pre Jedi yep. mech. Yeah. And I was just blown away. And it's never explained. I know. They just... Isn't it amazing? It's incredible. There's like a monster running around. There's like Power Rangers for a second, but like a um, a primordial kind of thing. It was clearly some kind of ancient technology, uh, but it was... Which which reminded me a lot of some stuff that you encounter in Rebels. um, Right. And I think kind of paid homage to a couple of those things. And actually Clone Wars 2 with the Dathomir stuff, which Mm. is paying off now in Ahsoka. But... um, yeah, it's, it's that episode. I was like, oh, this is so cool, and the the, the um the design of it, yes. and the look of it, and the feeling of how it was shot with like it being dark and then being like glowing. It kind of had this like Blade Runner thing. Happening. Yeah, yeah, it had almost like an organic quality to it. Yeah, um, and the shape of it was like a dinosaur. Yeah, 
It was like Godzilla. Yeah, and it was just like moving forwards, and it had, and like all these things are like never touched on, but it seemed to have this kind of uh, sentience or something, like a tracking. How do they set? How do they shut it down again? They had to like they activated it by pulling out the gem, and they had to put the gem back, which didn't shut it down. It actually self destructed. But the the thing is like targeting very intentionally, like mechanical things like first it's targeting fee's robot he's running and gets blasted and then it starts targeting the ship so it has this kind of intelligence to it yeah um it was just fascinating like yeah. i saw that and i was like so episodes three four and five all blew my mind and then i was like fully in for the rest of the show the the opening arc was okay but it was three four and five yeah. where i was like this yeah. is really special honestly really really weak opening considering where the rest of the season went yeah, because so a- so after five, I know that it was really good, but I couldn't really tell you much until episode eleven. Six was the Jedi Wookie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, seven and eight was the really cool arc. Who's Clone Wars? Clone so. Conspiracy. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah. Where you start, they start the building blocks with the mm-hmm. whole like clone veteran angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine was the crossing. Which was oh, that's right. They introduced that like yeah. They had a couple new players in this. Like one was that like British that really evil guy. Is that who you were talking about? Uh no. So yeah, the first half of the season has a different like main antagonist, Rampart, who gets totally de-dressed in the Senate hearing, and then the second half of the show circulates the science guy. Yeah, who is doing all the cloning shit. He's like really evil. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like way better evil than the first guy. Like Rampart no, is so he, milk he's toast. Like one of, no, he's one of the best villains I think I've ever seen in Star Wars. The second guy? Yeah. 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 What's his name again? Do you know? It's Hemlock. Yeah, it's it's Hemlock. Dr. That's Royce right. Hemlock yes. played by fucking Jimmy Simpson, the guy. We love him. Who played, uh, he's, well, of many things, McPyle from It's Always Sunny. But oh. he was a dude from first season of Westworld who turns into the man in black. Anyway, oh, great no, voice performance and also great animation because he's always he has these little ticks. Like yeah. he's always holding his left hand, which is gloved. Yes. And he's like massaging it yep. or something. Yep. But super evil. Yeah. And uh, and he's a science guy, so you know he's legit. Yeah. Versus Rampart, who was just some like bureaucratic schmuck who was just a pawn to Palpatine's play, which was another great turn that Palpatine was just using Rampart mm-hmm. to get the Stormtrooper bill funded. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. right. That's right. Nine oh, was yeah. yeah. Nine was the crossing, which was they they get their ship stolen and they find the kids who are doing oh, the, yeah. their work in the mines. Yeah. Or that was ten. I can't remember what nine was, but eleven was the alien who feeds off electricity, which was funny. <laughs> Twelve was the outpost. Thirteen was Pabu, and then fourteen through sixteen is the final arc where they and that's a really cool base that Hemlock is working on. It's like the mountaintop. Yeah. That is like got the ring on it. Mm-hmm really cool yeah Sim- similar to some stuff there to visions too yes love all the design of these and worlds then the big the big finale kind of cliffhanger is that like omega or this was like kind of done in season one but omega is a female boba fett and then there's a like the woman is the clone of Ome- is another clone of omega or something like yeah that. that's the right before they cut to black she's like i'm your sister yeah except in the right accent <laughs> i'm your sister it's me, your sister. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a scientist for the bad guy. But yeah, Omega's been captured. Bad Batch is in disarray because they don't know where Omega's been taken to, which is where Hemlock's got a secret science base. Crosshair's there, though, right? 
Crosshair is there, but he's just super incapacitated. Yeah. And then uh, Tech think, also died. So. I think Crosshair is going to rescue Omega. Yeah. Big redeeming. Yeah. Well, they also set up that that gal we just mentioned, who's the older version of Omega, is like <laughs> old Omega. Old Omega. <laughs> Omega. <laughs> Uh, she has some interesting loyalties because it seemed like it was intentional that she loosened the strap the first time Crosshair tried to escape. Yeah, that's uh, right. So it seems like she we she could have a, like an opening. Yeah, I mean, even if you have a really good villain, you have to have a foil for the villain. And I think he's like even more interesting to me than Thrawn is, which I don't think you've encountered much of Thrawn yet, but... Thrawn's supposed to be like the Moriarty... I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was in... People, people say he's like the best Star Wars villain ever, more than Darth Vader. Well, I don't know about that. I know no, I. No, it's like I mean, it's like legit. Like if you look up within the extended universe stuff, people say Thrawn is like the goat. So he's good character. But no, this Hemlock guy, I feel like from how Thrawn was portrayed in Rebels, yeah, that like this guy's way more insane. Yeah, it's crazy how I also subtle. I never read the 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 books the uh, thrawn books the thrawn books so I, I can't really speak much to that so well he's been in the shows now so it's not like no, he's... no it's I mean, how thrawn's portrayed in rebels oh. versus how hemlock's portrayed here oh yeah hemlock's crazier yeah the, hemlock is so menacing for being not only someone we've barely seen um but he's not this he has that quality that thrawn does where he's very reserved and yeah. like restrained yeah but you know he commands a lot of intelligence and a lot of power and like some pure evil though yeah, he's Thrawn, also pure Thrawn evil. doesn't even come off as evil. He just comes off as smart. Yeah. You know? But Hemlock's evil. He's Hemlock's bad, evil. He's a bad dude. <laughs> he's really evil. Not only in what he would like to do, but the way he achieves his goals. Like, it seems like he wants to just torture Omega to get Nala yeah. say to do the thing. Yeah, it's like he would, like, just, like, kill a puppy in front of you or something. That kind of evil. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on with this show with different antagonists, and uh-huh. it's always got this aspect of what they, they mentioned in the show of being like a true believer, mm. like which just correlates with being a total sociopath. <laughs> or Stan Lee. <laughs> One of the things I was curious about they didn't address, because there's so much happening now with cloning in Star Wars across different shows, Yeah. Um, was how they got, that's I'm assuming... Gonna, I think that's going to come back, by the way. Yeah. Because they, they've talked about the future of Star Wars. I think it's going to come back in a big way for like the big finale movie that Filoni's cooking up. Oh, really? Oh, like, for me. Like I said, I think it's going to end with a Luke-on-Luke Luke battle that's going to retcon episode eight. I swear to God, I'm calling it now. I'm shaking my head, but nothing would delight me more. <laughs> Same. I think I think everyone, w- everyone would be on board with that. That would... I feel like and Hamill it, would lose his the, shit, too. The, the the end result being you don't know which Luke wins, mm-hmm. and it could be the evil Luke, and that's the Luke we got in episode eight. I think that's what's going to happen. It would fix everything. It would. Or yeah. it would fix many things. Yes. Yeah. Which would essentially, though, would be a tragic demise for the Luke that we love from episode six. And the, the Wait, you could Luke. still give him an incredibly that's super poignant send-off. Off. You, but what, no, what but... Um, Cloning. Oh, yeah, I was just curious if... Because we meet a clone assassin during this show, the one who's trying to take out Senator Chuchi <laughs> and the other clone informant. And he's like... he's like a, I can't remember. He's like a brainwashed clone, and I'm curious if that was one of Hemlock's experiments because we're not really sure what Hemlock is doing at the base. We just know he's using the clones. Was it that kind of echo kind of, with like his arm being all funky? Or no? 
No, halfway through the show, there's a dude trying to take out a clone informant right when the clone conspiracy ep- episode happens. And it looks like it could be Crosshair because it's a sniper assassin guy shooting in the on Coruscant. Oh, yeah. But when he, because that's when uh, Rex shows up and Rex just messes him up. But when he takes off his hat, it's just a clone who's like, who then uses the electro cyanide pill and kills himself. Mm. So we have no idea who that is still. And I'm assuming <laughs> it's one of Hemlock's yeah. dudes. Yeah. Because the clone was one of those quote unquote true believers. Yeah, yeah. But we've seen every clone up to this point now has basically run through this kind of conflict of of interest. It's crisis of faith because right. even the clones that are that were cool with sixty six are like being abused now. Yeah. Um, in one way or another. So <laughs> they were cool with sixty six. Yeah. Were... Well, funny. even like because it's crazy how that that's they're fleshing all that out now. Because even like like I said, Commander Cody, who was the one that turned on Obi Wan, mm-hmm. he he's even having. The crisis of faith because the way the empire is just totally mishandled <laughs> all these guys it's it's really fascinating stuff yeah so i agree i'm glad that you loved it really truly yeah it's great when you love something that i love <laughs> yeah it's the most <laughs> it fun. feels good <laughs> like like i said because i said andor aside mm-hmm. it's the most fun sans andor that i've had with star wars probably i don't know since ever in Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so there's like the beginning of Mando is up there. Hopefully Ahsoka will be up there. Mm. But otherwise, I just don't know what else until I get into the animated stuff, which is what I want to do now because I know Dave Filoni, even the the weird stuff or the weaker stuff, all that has been his brainchild. And it seems like nobody knows Star Wars better than Dave and nobody cares for Star Wars more than Dave. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's It's just good, like... I agree. Good character building, really immersive worlds, mm-hmm. detailed worlds. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff I just love to put up in a frame on a wall from this show. Mm. Some really exotic worlds, fun characters. Even the cheesy stuff worked for me because it felt genuine and authentic and not in a really bothersome way, which is tough because sometimes Omega is a character. She can fit that precocious teen angle where you just kind of roll your eyes and groan because so much of Star Wars is like that now. Or just everything Disney does. But everything feels good. Like, it feels honest and it feels earned and genuine. Mm-hmm. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. To me, anyway. With the Bad Badge. The fun characters. Yeah. I agree. Well, with that being said, we'll play uh, something from Bad Batch. The score. God, the score is nuts in this show. This and Visions... And the Star Wars like legacy show thing, remember that with Ahsoka and Dooku? Yeah, tells, there are some insanely great scores coming out of Star Wars in these shows and Andor. Like a lot of the synth work is so cool, and it's all on Spotify. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Amazing. Like I was just listening. I had to pull it up because I was like, "This is so sick." Well, put your best track right here, Gabe. Here I'll we go. Do it. <laughs> 